Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, this is Robert Smigel, and welcome to the BC edition of Canada's podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in British Columbia. Our guest today is Nick Findler. Nick is an accomplished entrepreneur, angel investor, and venture capitalist. He is the CEO and founder of GoPublic.ai, a fintech go public investment bank that unites world changing businesses with $1 million to $50 million of growth capital, shell vehicles, and know-how to go public, both in Canada and on major stock exchanges around the world. Well, Nick, welcome to Canada's podcast, and thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thanks for having me, Robert. Douglas, okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Give us the details on your business. And are you from Vancouver, born and raised? Yeah, I grew up um, just outside of Vancouver. I called Port Moody my my hometown, so it's about uh, about thirty or forty minutes outside of outside of downtown Vancouver here. And um, yeah, I grew up a very entrepreneurial kid. Um, you know, my first couple pseudo businesses were started before the age of ten. Had a pressure washing business, had lots of lemonade stands, but really the one that that sticks out and that I still kind of cherish is uh, I used to go to golf courses all around my house, and I used to go into the bushes and found hundreds of golf balls every day, and I'd take them home, clean them up, and I'd sell them to all the dads on my street. So I had no input costs other than the time spent uh, hunting golf balls, and uh, I started making a couple hundred bucks a week selling these golf balls. So that was that was really my first foray into to entrepreneurship. Sounds like the Vancouver version of Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Tell us about your business. What do you guys do? Yeah. So we are um, primarily, we're an investment bank that focuses on finding um, amazing companies that have you know, some kind of mission statement that will uh, better impact the world in, in some way. Uh, we partner with them and help them raise growth capital as well as taking them public in most cases. Um, we'll typically partner with companies anywhere from you know, 18 months to six months before they go public, uh, we'll typically raise them, you know, a few million dollars in a initial sort of uh, bridge stage financing, and then uh, typically uh, anywhere from you know five million up to you know as, as large as 50 million on a on a go public transaction. Okay, that sounds interesting. So you probably need financing to start that kind of a business, I imagine. What's that look like? Uh, getting a venture capital banking company going like that? Well, really, it's, um, there isn't a whole lot of startup capital needed. Um, it's really a, it's a, it's a connection business. And um, it's something that connection and, and bringing people closer together, and I'm sure we'll get into this at some point in the talk, is, is something that's, that's really important to me and, and really fills my cup is, you know, bringing together the right people, the right ideas, capital. Um, and so yeah, we, you know, there's a team of, of nine of us that, that work full time on this. And you know, our, our mission is really to find companies um, that are making a difference. And, and there's a lot of companies that are trying to find these businesses. And um, there's a lot of businesses out there. So you, you kiss a lot of uh, kiss a lot of frogs to get the princess. So we, we spend a lot of our time getting to know businesses intimately, doing due diligence, analysis, figuring out how big this opportunity is, and really the, the lens in which we at the end of the day, look through for all of our portfolio companies is if this company succeeds, will it matter? 
Um, and so that's really where, where we start and our ethos of our company is, um, you know, if, if we as an investment bank um, are, are successful, will it matter? And if our portfolio companies deliver on their mission, will it matter? And so that's, that's really the lens at which we look through. So what kind of companies do you, what vertical do you look at that you would entertain or spend time reviewing or looking at opportunities? We're quite agnostic. Um, you know, you can make a difference in the world in a lot of different ways. Um, so uh, to give you some examples, uh, some of the trends that we are intimately involved in right now are um, healthcare, um, plant-based foods, um, uh, disease eradication and biotechnology um, and and food and beverage are sort of the four main pillars that we're working in right now. But, you know, we're we're we're, we're agnostic. We're, we're just looking for great teams, great missions, normally companies that have proven that their um, whatever service or product they offer, people do want and need capital experience connections, building of a team to kind of take that to the next level. And that, that's, you know, we're really an accelerant for companies. Okay. We have a lot of listeners that are, are obviously startups and uh, uh, engineers, programmers, people like that, that may be starting companies uh, that may not know too much about your industry. I want you to give me a key piece of knowledge or information about your industries that our listeners can learn from that they may not know about. Well, I think something that's really interesting and really unique to Canada is our public venture capital system. Um, it's, it's um, you know, typically when, when, when people or entrepreneurs think about going public, they think their company has got to be worth billions of dollars and humongous revenues and um, this sort of access to capital is hard to tap into. But what we have that's very unique in Canada and one of the top public venture capital systems in the world is you really, if, if your business is you know, worth, you know, five to, to $25 million. So, so quite small in the grand scheme of things and have, you know, a service or product offering that, you know, the public or the public investor can get excited about very much like a, a shark tank type investment or dragon's den for here in Canada. There's actually a, a very vibrant um, public capital scene here where your company can actually go public access capital now and access capital down the road. So it, you know, it, it does a lot of things that can benefit entrepreneurs. One, obviously access to capital for growth. And that's, you know, goes without saying, but also having that visibility of being a public company also gives you a little more cachet, more companies. If you're doing B2B type businesses, uh, your shareholders often become sort of your, your biggest fans and help you get deals done. So that, that visibility really helps. And then also creating liquidity for your investors. You know, when you invest in a private company, you know, your money can be locked up for two, three, four, five, maybe even forever and, and never see the light of day. And, and when, you go, when you get public, it really creates a, a route to liquidity, not only for the early stage investors, but also the founders that have started the business and, and sort of all the other stakeholders along, along the road. And then the fourth really interesting thing is if you're in an industry that, um, you know, you would like to make acquisitions or you think there's an opportunity to roll companies together. Once you're public, you now have this public stock currency they can use to acquire other businesses. And so we see that quite often with companies going through an M&A strategy that they, you know, they wouldn't be able to unless they were public. They just wouldn't have the cash to make those acquisitions. So if someone wants to approach you and say, hey, 
would you consider us? What, what are the things you look for? Yeah, great team um, is really where it all starts. Because when you're a company of, you know, the size that we look at is anywhere from 5 million to 100 million in valuation is typically the size we look at. Um, we will, you know, do angel investments in smaller deals and we will look at bigger deals. That's kind of our sweet spot. Um, you know, so it starts with a great team. It starts with a, a visionary at that's driving the ship that's, you know, likely the CEO of the company um, and proven that people want their product or service. Uh, we, do, we, don't, we don't invest in companies that are just idea stage. We want to see some level of traction. And, you know, what really gets us excited and, you know, public venture capital money excited is a business that's shown traction. You can inject a handful of millions of dollars into the company and that money can help it scale to something that is, you know, doing 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars in sales, say three or five years from now. So, you know, businesses that are growing at 15 or 20% a year are, are amazing and incredible. And I'm an investor in many of those companies. Um, for public venture capital, we're looking for really that, that hockey stick curve potential. Um, so that, that, that would be kind of the parameters of which, uh, which we look through. And you look for international companies, right? So you're not just focused on Canada? Yeah, we, we, we work with companies all over the globe. Um, uh, so right now, uh, the companies that, that we're working intimately with are a company out of New York called Plantable, which is a, uh, a dietary change and lifestyle change company that helps uh, people adopt a plant-centric diet um, that's backed by clinical research at some of the world's leading institutions. So um, to date, we've raised them $2 million. We're uh, just about to head into a larger $6 million raise and, uh, and a, public, a planned public listing here um, in the, in, in this quarter coming up before the end of the year, we're also working with a company out of Israel called forest innovations, which is focused on eradicating some of the world's deadliest mosquito diseases, including dengue, Zika, malaria, and has found a, an environmentally friendly way to do so. Um, we're also working with a, a healthy alternative to Coca-Cola based out of Greece. Um, that, that's grown quite, quite rapidly and, and doing about 35 million revenue this year. So those are kind of the three businesses that we're, we're intimate with uh, at the moment and working on capital raises for and, and really taking them to the next uh, level and getting them public. So yeah, we love Canadian businesses. We're all Canadian entrepreneurs. And, and so, but, you know, we, we also love to partner with international companies. Awesome. Okay. Well, we've learned a lot about you and your company. So let's talk about doing business in British Columbia. You are from Vancouver or British Columbia, Port Moody. What are the biggest benefits for you in being an entrepreneur in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenge you had so our listeners can keep an eye out for them. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the good things are, you know, there, there is a lot of support here for entrepreneurship. Um, both from a, a mentorship standpoint where you know, I've been blessed to have amazing mentors that you know, are, are very open to spending time and, and want to you know, see you know, myself and other entrepreneurs succeed. There's also a ton of opportunities in, in grant and government assistance. I also own a company called Grantist.ca um, that helps businesses access grant funding as I've you know, been accessing uh, government funding for a while now and thought, why not create a company around it and put a, a really badass CEO in place to, to really help companies access that capital. So, you know, the, the, the mentorship and support and, and government support is, is great. 
um, you know, there, there's not a ton of red tape in getting companies started here. So I, I would say that yeah, that's another benefit as well. So those would be, you know, on the positive side. On on the negative side, you know, it, we are a small city and we're not a, um, you know, we're not a global financial hub yet. So, you know, often when you're raising those kind of larger fundraising rounds, you're going to other cities, other countries. So, you know, Toronto is definitely has, has a more grown up um, sort of uh, venture capital system that's, you know, it's much more suited for sort of bigger raises and bigger companies. Um, once you kind of eclipse Toronto, you're looking at Toronto, New York, um, Shanghai, you know, kind of going more global. So, you know, I think, and one of the things that got me so excited about Vancouver and especially being from here and, you know, graduating university about eight years ago was I saw this kind of meteoric rise of the city, so much capital coming here. Um, uh, another amazing thing about Vancouver is it's so densely populated. I think that it's one of the most densely populated downtown cores in all of North America. So what I find amazing about living downtown is, you know, within, within, you know, three or four blocks of my house, I have amazing entrepreneurs, amazing ideas, capital, everything you need to create great companies is all within a few blocks of my house. And so it makes creating and um, bringing people together and connecting um, a lot easier than if it, we were you know, much more spread out. So I, I really love that density. Well, we are Canada's podcast, but we do have a lot of international listeners. So this next question, I want you to speak to them. If you were to start all over again, and you just moved here to Vancouver, British Columbia, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do? And how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Well, there's a lot of great meetups here. Um, there's a lot of great events that bring entrepreneurs together and funders. But I think, you know, one of the best ways to to meet people is, you know, Vancouver is blessed to have such beautiful scenery and beaches and hikes. And I find that every time I put myself in some of those situations, I leave there having met someone cool. And, um, you know, I think that really just, um, you know, not being, being okay with being the one to say hello, whether it's in the elevator or on the street or at the beach, and really putting the effort into building those relationships can be extremely valuable. And so if I were to start over again, I would just immerse myself in the culture here, in the outdoor activities, and making sure that, you know, I wasn't afraid to, to be the first one to say hello. Okay. Entrepreneurs are very disciplined people. So let's talk about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Oh, that has changed over time. Um, the last few months, uh, my morning routine has actually been disrupted quite a bit. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we're doing deals um, in Israel, Greece. Uh, some of our funders are in Australia. So some of the hours are very obscure times. So uh, to give you an example, my, my first call was at, uh, was at 5.30 this morning. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to get up and have my morning ritual. So I'm, I'm typically, I'm, I'm up around between five and six. I'm in the shower and, and uh, most days I'm directly into my first couple calls. So those first couple hours of meetings from kind of seven until 10 a.m. are pretty slammed. And after that, um, 
you know, I, I typically take my dog for a nice long walk, clear my head a little bit, put my phone in my pocket, a lot of times on airplane mode for, for about, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, Meditation is really important to me to, to kind of clear my head, get a good healthy breakfast and, and a workout kind of typically all before noon and then kind of the second half of my day gets going. So that's what the typical day like looks like. But um, yeah, there, there's a lot less structure than there used to be with so many time zones uh, involved in our business. Okay, you've met a lot of entrepreneurs in the last few years. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? I would say for the most part, they are. Um, They are wired differently. Um, I believe entrepreneurship can be taught. um, But from what, you know, and, and the circle that I've, I've, you know, kind of gravitated towards and, and the friends, you know, are, are I would say my, my circle of friends is probably 95% entrepreneurs. And there's seems to be this, this really intense lust for life and uh, lust for risk and, um, you know, lust for the excitement. And they're, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is very lonely at times. And um, you need to have people around you and things to keep you excited and things to keep the serotonin levels high when, you know, there, there is, you know, a lot of risk. And, and I think Elon Musk put it really well uh, when he said that, you know, entrepreneurship is like uh, chewing glass and staring into the abyss. And there, there is a lot of that where, you know, you, you don't know where the next paycheck is going to come from sometimes. And so uh, you really need to have a, a strong, mind and, and also be a little bit delusional to, you know, get past um, some of those fears and, and obstacles. So, yeah, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs are, you know, a little wonky and I would say uh, I would, I would put myself in that category as well. Okay. Let's talk about how you educate yourself. What books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks and or podcasts? And you, can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also entrepreneurs? Yeah. Um, so some of the best books I've read uh, this year, um, there's a book I've read a couple of times now called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Um, he's a, he was a previous FBI hostage negotiator and he gives a lot of tricks and tips to dealing with different types of people and negotiating and, you know, really trying to uh, create win-win-win scenarios. And that's, you know, essentially what our business is, is we try and create a scenario where all of the stakeholders at the table win. And, you know, often when you meet with a company, you know, they've got, you know, anywhere from 10 to 50 to 100 investors and they all have to win and the investors have to win and us as a firm needs to win. So, so um, I spend a lot of time thinking about negotiation, strategizing, um, deal structuring. So uh, that would be a book that, I, that I, I think is amazing. On the podcast side, I've been really enjoying um, the podcast called The All In Podcast. Um, that's, um, you know, I've got a few great sort of high-level entrepreneurs in it, including Chamath Polyhapatia, who's someone that, that I definitely look up to and, and spend a lot of time researching. So um, those would be the, the two recommendations that I'd have. Okay. Earlier in our conversation, you touched on uh, all the, uh, the beauty of the city, Vancouver, and uh, all the things you can do. How do you relax and not think about work? And what are your favorite activities to do in BC? Do you ski, bike, kayak, golf, hike, or simply go for a drive? Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I snowboard a lot in the winter time and that's a really great way for me to unplug. Um, I love to walk. Um, and I spend at least a few hours a day walking. Um, seawall? Sometimes. Seawall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Seawall. Uh, you can, you can find me out there even if it's pouring rain. I'm, I'm, I'm walking out there and I would say half the time I'm alone with my thoughts and half the time I'm on, I'm on calls and I just find my brain just works better when I'm moving. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's the, the ADHD or, or what it is, but when I'm walking, my, my mind just feels at ease. So um, yeah, I spend a lot of time outside. Um, I got a, one of my close business partners in, in Go Public AI lives up in Whistler. So we spend a lot of time out there in the woods. And we were actually a bunch of us went up there on the weekend and we're swimming in these waterfall pools and, and went for a, a nice hike and had the phones turned off for the day. So yeah, th- those are some of the ways that I, that I try and escape the work. But to be honest, I'm, I'm, I, I love what I do. Uh, it, it really doesn't feel like work. Um, and um, I, I feel truly impactful that we're able to, you know, find these companies that need growth capital. Um, and, you know, there's, I think there's, you know, founders don't spend enough time building relationships with investors as a whole or an aggregate. Um, and, and that's what my team does full time. So we kind of become your capital raising arm of your business. Okay. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? I mean, this was kind of always my dream to, to do something like this. Um, so uh, I feel very, very blessed. And it took time to kind of get into the spot that, that I'm in now and being running my own business. And um, so you know, I, I wouldn't change anything. But if I could have an alternate career, I'd definitely be a professional athlete. Um, I love to Pro- compete. Professional yeah. snowboarder. I don't know if I'd be a snowboarder. Um, but... Uh, you know, probably basketball, hockey, football, one of those three. Um, I, I, I just, I, I truly love competition. I love um, figuring out how to get the most out of my team and really understanding each person's um, individual desires and, 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 and what gets them motivated. I find extremely interesting, something that I was really interested in as a really young kid, which my parents found really weird about me that I, you know, some people needed a pat on the ass and some people needed a, you know, to be reprimanded and some people just needed encouragement. So figuring out what, what made other people tick really, really got me excited. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to be a professional athlete. What job could you not do? Um, I'm not a very detail oriented person. Um, I, I try and I'm a sort of ready, aim, fire type of guy. So I like to surround my team with, with very kind of, uh, detail anal people. So anything super detail oriented, um, like an assistant or data entry or anything that's monotonous, I would, I would be absolutely horrible at. Okay. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you'd like to use? Well, something that we've been using a lot, um, well, I, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, if we succeed, will it matter? And it's a question we, uh, on our team calls, we, we ask ourselves a lot. Um, if, if, if we can succeed in whatever our new plan is to do, like, will it actually matter? And will we be sitting in our rocking chairs 50 years from now and look back um, will that move have actually moved the needle for humanity? Um, so that, that's something that's really, that, that really sticks with me. 
Another one that I say to my partners and my friends all the time uh, is actually just left foot, right foot. And um, that's to really symbolize that you, know, you, you really can't solve everything at once. You just need to pick a direction and you just need to continuously and persistently march one foot after the other. And there's going to be so many roller coasters. And our world is a roller coaster. It's a, you know, we work in 100% success space. We take no fees from companies unless we're successful in what we do uh, in raising capital. So we have to be level-headed and just left foot, right foot, one after another and just until we get the job done. Okay. What's your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? I don't like I don't like the words I can't. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that uh, yeah, if, if you believe that you you probably can't, and but I think that that's just a, a belief um, issue. I used to not, I used to really not like the word no. I hated being rejected, but I was funny how that, um, I've, I've trained myself to actually like become very fired up by the word no. And, and it's, uh, it's a, it's a maybe for later. Yeah. I, I always like to say, we'll find a way. Yeah. I agree. That's, that's one of my favorites. Okay. Anything keeping you up at night these days, other than your late calls and early morning calls? No, I sleep pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I, nothing really. You know, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel. Once you're a lot done, you're done. Once, once you're done, you're done. Once I'm done, I'm done. I, I feel very, I feel very fortunate that the, that the people that I have uh, working with me at my team and my partners are all have all become family, and um, you know, it's, it's really important um, to do impactful work, but it's it's also extremely important to do it with people that that you love and care about and. And you can really stick together and, and really look at each other in the eyes and say, look, if we, you know, we really bear down here and, and, and put our heads together and, and get through the hard times, like we could build something that really makes a difference. And so um, and it doesn't keep me up, but it's something that, that definitely keeps me motivated. Okay. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout Canada? Someone ever told you something that resonated with you that you think about frequently? Yeah, there's the, there's a few things. I mean, one piece of amazing advice I got um, was uh, was my first time really traveling. I was about 20 years old. I was with a friend um, named Max, and he'd been traveling quite a bit in his younger years. And I remember getting on this trip that we'd planned for about six months. We got to Rome. I've been anticipating this trip for six months and I was so excited to finally get out of Canada and, and like be on my own and be my own man. And, and when I got there and, and the first few cities we went to, I was really kind of underwhelmed. And um, you know, we had this conversation about it and he said, you know, it really comes down to having no expectation and, and really just um, not being tied to the outcome of things and really just doing the, the good work that it, that it takes to get something done and, and really just, you know, just experience something for what it is and not what you think it should be. And so that kind of lesson in traveling actually really started applying into, into business um, and the way that new opportunities would come. And I really just try to stay out of thinking about what the outcome was and really just you know, being in it and absorbing it 
Um, it, it's helped with friendships and you know intimate relationships. And, and, and so I find that the more that I can detach myself from the outcome or having expectations, the more that good things happen. Okay, good. We're going to wrap things up here. Nick, how can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? No, nothing that I that I want to add. I, I encourage um, companies that are looking to go to the next level, whether you think you're ready to go public or not. We you know, we do help fund businesses that aren't going public. So if you are looking for capital and, and looking for expertise and, and guidance and advisory, please reach out to us. Uh, you can find us on our website at www.gopublic.ai. Um, and if you want to shoot me an email directly, feel free. I'm nick at gopublic.ai. Um, and just, yeah, I wanted to say thank you for having me on the podcast. And, um, you know, I, I love listening to all the episodes and, and looking forward to, uh, to sharing, you know, a little bit about our company and, and our mission with the world. Awesome. Okay, Nick, thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Awesome. And to all our listeners, thanks for listening to Canada's podcast and listening to Nick's story. Like, comment, and subscribe to all our channels to get the latest podcasts from entrepreneurs across Canada. And we'll see you next time.